You're listening to 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Name of the program, sir. We got a touchdown for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Three minutes left in the first half in a 7-7 tie with Montreal. Winnipeg trying to get to 10-0. Montreal trying to win for just the third time this season. World Juniors, it is a blowout win for Canada. 11-1 tonight over Slovakia. The outstanding Mason McTavish scored four times. So Canada is 2-0. Earlier in a shootout, Finland beat Czechia 4-3. United States and Switzerland are the uh, evening game at Rogers Place. Uh, so that is the update there on the World Juniors. Elks and Rough Riders Saturday, 6.30 for the countdown to kickoff here on 6.30, Chad. And the game will start at 8. Second of three meetings this season between the uh, two teams. They played at Commonwealth back in week two. And uh, the Riders pulled that one out. The Elks had a slim lead in the fourth quarter but could not put it away. And the Riders uh, got the victory. Okay, tomorrow is is a huge day for 6.30, Chad. For 6.30, Chad, Santa's Anonymous. It's the Gary Dreger Golf Classic at the Lynx in Spruce Grove. And for the first time in my life, I'm going to play a round of golf with this man who I've known for, uh, well, it's going to be coming up on 25 years if it isn't already. Uh, Bob Stoffer from Oilers now checking in tonight. Bob, can you believe we are golfing together tomorrow? This is a milestone for me, man. I can't believe somebody paid money to golf with the two of us. That's what I can't believe. I, I was also stunned by that, uh, but we appreciate the uh, the couple that stepped up to uh, to play with us. I hope they don't have high expectations for our abilities. That's all I'll say. Oh, you golf, you golf quite a bit, so I actually do have some pretty high expectations for you, man. <laughs> well, um, I'm, I, on I'm the other flattered. Hand, I'll be honest, Reed. I have not swung the club since before the pandemic. Oh wow! Well. Golf is definitely a sport you, you cannot improve by not doing it. Um, I actually haven't played. I, I, I played more last summer. I, I'm probably at maybe 11 or 12 rounds plus a couple of tournaments this year. Um, here's the thing. I'm confident enough I'll hit some good shots. I just don't know if it's going to be many good shots. <laughs> That's, I, I yeah, almost I've treat my... Felt... Sorry. I was going to say, Reed, my experience has been when it comes to sport, once you're an adult, if you are paying to play, you're probably not that good. So, right. <laughs> uh, right. So it's, it's one of those scenarios where I know a lot of guys love golf. I think sometimes people take golf a little bit too seriously. Um, I really, ironically enough, I'm in back-to-back -back Friday events. Uh, obviously looking forward uh, to the event tomorrow for Santa's Anonymous and 630 Jet and, uh, you know, Gary Drager. And, but in a week from now, we've got one as well at the Oilers with some of our corporate partners. Those are the only ones that kind of tend to do. And uh, I, I know that many years ago before I started, you know, before I became a dad, uh, we used to go pretty hard at the Golden Bears Hockey Alumni Golf Tournament, myself and a couple other guys who are known business guys in town. And we used to try to have a shot per hole. And I'm not talking making a shot per hole, I'm talking about having a shot per hole. So uh, that was a, a lot of fun as well. We took a limo service out to the golf course and took a limo service back. So for me, it's about, you know, it's it's about having fun. And in light of some of the things that have transpired over the course of the last 24 hours that are a lot more serious in nature, it makes you appreciate, you know, these opportunities when they come up. 
Yeah, absolutely, and, and it will be fun, and you and I are going to have a good time uh, with with our uh, auction winners for sure. Uh, and, and, I mean, you, we, I did a lot of my show on on Ben tonight and last night, obviously, and and uh, you had everything today. It's it, it's really interesting to me, Bob. Like, uh, you know, Joey Moss was associated with the Oilers and the Double E for decades. Ben was in the spotlight. A much shorter time, but he's going to be fondly remembered as well. I, I honestly think it shows, it shows the power of sport. It shows how people can rally around maybe uh, someone who is an underdog or someone who works and and finds a way to get an opportunity, even if they're not playing the sport. And Chris Morris said it on my show last night, and I and I played the clip again today that Chris also believes. And Chris grew up in the East. He said there's there's something about Edmonton, uh, something about Edmonton, and the, and the sense of community. And he called it a pretty special place. Well, I know that Emily Kaplan, uh, when Joey Ma Moss passed away, uh, she referenced, you know, the Oilers were inclusionary in a time mm -hmm. that far uh, preceded, you know, today's era and with Joey Moss. And, and Wayne Gretzky was the driver in that. And, you know, we've been privileged enough to have Wayne around a lot starting in 1617. And the pandemic kind of limited his visits and frankly changed his role a bit with the Oilers Entertainment Group. And that's part of the reason why he, you know, he went and took the, the swing of TNT. But um, it, I, I do, Edmonton is a special place. Uh, it's a it's a city that you know it loves its sports a lot of northern Alberta is from northern Alberta so I think people take a tremendous amount of pride in it I know I personally uh, get frustrated when I you know hear people uh, take what I think are unnecessary shots at some of the industries uh, in this region especially given the fact that you know, I consider myself to be a bit of an environmentalist 30 to 35 years ago and uh, in a renewable resource. And, and so I, I, I get, a, you know, I get a little frustrated, Reed, when people take pot shots at Albertans or at Northern Albertans and belittle uh, the oil and gas sector and that sort of thing, because I think that that's been a, a huge driver for part of the reason why, I mean, the team's called the Oilers. So, uh, it's specific to you know the Stelter family. Uh, you know, as a fi it's funny. Reed, there was a time in my life when I was doing play-by-play, -play, uh, even before we met, where I'd go in and fly in on Saturdays to go call uh, you know University of Alberta Golden Bears. And I'll be frank with you, often I'd had a couple pops on the Friday night, and I didn't want a loud plane. And if I, because the university didn't want to pay for good seats on the plane, I often sat in the middle rows where other people's kids were. And I used to just, I used to just hate hearing children cry on the plane. Like it just drove me nuts until I had my own kids, you know, and, and raised my own children and developed a different sense of appreciation for it. I'm going to translate this to the work that Stollery Children's Hospital does. And, you know, the, the, the Stelter family was really giving. Not everybody, uh, you know, wants to share the story in that, in that situation. Uh, the Oilers players and the Oilers organization, were, you know, and, and the entire community, the entire hockey community. I mean, it happened when we were in L.A. and in Calgary and Colorado. They all... Uh, went out of their way to to recognize what the Stelters were going through, and and I, yeah, I, I just think it brought, in, in a lot of respects, in an incredibly brutal and difficult situation. I thought it brought the best out in people, and so in those days, Reed, you don't get it. I don't think you get. Um, I don't know if you get hate texts. Maybe sometimes you do when the team's not playing well, or you're doing the post game show, and but occasionally, you know, maybe out of the 800 texts you might get to a show, you might get a couple that are really disappointing. 
Um, and you wonder what people are going through in their lives that would send that that way. It's rare, like 99% of the interactions are great. But you know what, on a day like uh, what happened yesterday, it puts everything else in perspective. Don't sweat the small stuff. Uh, enjoy what you have. And uh, always be cognizant that there's a lot of other people probably going through a lot more difficult and challenging times than you are. Yeah, yeah, well said, Bob. And uh, Ben's going to be remembered for uh, for a long time. So, yeah, and it was really emotional hearing uh, McDavid, Hyman, and, and Woodcroft speak about him this morning. Okay, Bob Stoffer checking in tonight on uh, Inside Sports. We were talking about uh, us golfing together tomorrow, which is going to be a, a lot of fun. Saturday, uh, three names for you, Bob. Germany, Holloman, and Jones. They're all going on the Wall of Honor as the Riders take on the Elks. I'm pulling off the double on Saturday. We're going to Canada and Chechia at uh, 4 o'clock, and then uh, courtesy of uh, Eskimo alumni, but uh, prominent Edmonton area businessman and from James H. Brown Associates, Trent Brown, I'm going to be going to the uh, Elks game Saturday night as well. So, uh, I mean, Jim Germany was certainly from the mid to the late 1970s, uh, the preeminent running back in the CFL, along with David Green, who was with the Alouettes at that time. Uh, Joe Holloman, you know, was a big play, uh, uh, a big play cornerback. The, you know, I can, I'm going to date myself a bit, but you know, you had Holloman and Highball on the corners. You had uh, Ed Not Too Tall Jones and Greg Butler at uh, halfback, and first you had Lavarado, and then you had Emilio Frietta at safety. In fact, I can go all the way back to John Farlinger at safety into the early 1970s. And you know, listening to Brian Hall when I was out in that acreage of that Eskimo team from 78 to 82. So, you know, Holloman was a special player. I remember one year he had eight interceptions, took four back to the house for touchdowns he was he was spectacular germany was you know just he was the best running back in the in the canadian football league sorry who was the third player that was going up uh jones ed jones oh ed ed too yeah not too tall jones as well yeah. so yeah you know those guys were all great players. It's, it's a great idea it's a great concept uh they don't all have to be cfl hall of famers to be on the, the ring of honor but those three guys were part of the, the greatest football dynasty we ever saw and one that i grew up with i mean i was a, an eskimo season ticket holder at that time as a you know 16 and 17 year old kid going to harry ainley and it was spectacular going and watching uh you know, I can remember being at Games Read when there were 50,000 to 55,000 people at Commonwealth Stadium. Now, we obviously live in a different time. It's great that, uh, you know, Chorus and 630 Chet have the Elks rights. And, you know, you have the passion for the CFL that uh, Morley and Dave and, and Brendan also have. And uh, because there's there's significant challenges and those challenges are NCAA football for a lot of people. And more so because of fantasy football the and, and gambling. Uh, yeah. the NFL and uh, all you need to do is just go down and go to Safeway or any bookstore in the city and there'll be seven or eight fantasy football books and I can remember there only ever used to be one CFL book and that was the one that Terry Jones used to put out back in the mid to late 1970s so uh, but well hopefully the uh, Elks get her turned around what have they lost 13 straight against the Western Conference uh, yeah going back to Labor Day last year it's uh, I don't even know what it is at home anymore it's, it's uh, I think it's 11 in a row at, at home so yeah they've, they've been able to beat a couple I, I was ranting earlier in the show because you know I, I'm sick of the divisions in the CFL like there's no motivation for the East to improve if you can get a home game by going seven and eleven, and finish second. It, and I mean this, it, this it's not a oh it's this era, Bob. It's our entire lives. I think yeah, that's no, fair to no, say. It's, it, with, the, with a couple of exceptions, it's our entire lives. The West has been stronger than the East. And before the crossover, you'd have some pretty good football teams. I mean, 
that Ottawa 5-11 and 11 team went to the Grey Cup, well, good for them. They shouldn't have been in the postseason. That was 41 years ago. Anyway. Yeah, George Brancato was coaching the team. And as you know, Pete Chiarelli was married to George's daughter. So Jason well, Watts right. was their quarterback. Uh, who was a star at Oklahoma back in the day. He preceded uh, Marcus Dupree, the greatest who never was, uh, at, at Oklahoma and Brian Bosworth. But he was, uh, you know, they, they've, I mean, the offense that they ran was, it, it, that's what's hilarious when you think about it today is, is the CFL offenses to me haven't changed dramatically. But NCAA college office, uh, you know, you don't have anybody running the wishbone anymore. I mean, no. it's crazy when you think about it. When Troy Aikman was at Oklahoma before he transferred, he got hurt playing against that uh, against Miami when they were a powerhouse, running the wishbone. I mean, Troy Aikman running the wishbone. You know, one of the highest completion percentages, certainly of his era of that time. A great, you know, pinpoint passer that you know won multiple uh, Super Bowls. So, hey, it's awesome stuff. I mean, I'm with you. The East has sucked forever. They have. Hey. I'm, I'm talking football here. Yeah, <laughs> it's a good thing you threw that in. Hey, did you have you watched Rourke play for the Lions, Nathan? Rourke, have you seen any of his games? Yeah, I've, well, I've watched uh, a couple halves against the Elks, and that's all I needed to watch. Reed, so well, he's pretty good, you know. Uh, I think he's got a chance. I think you may see, you know, him being a guy that uh, ends up getting a look uh, down stateside. I mean, it's, it's always. I just, I was spoiled, right? Because in my wheelhouse, I watched Warren Moon come up from Washington where he played for Don James. Uh, Don James, there's a connection to Don James and Nick Saban, by the way. And as an, as an aside with three degrees of separation, I know of an NHL coach that's currently at the Alabama camp uh, doing some professional development uh, with, uh, with Nick Saban. But um, anyhow, anyhow, I mean, we watched Warren Moon. You know, break the basically break the color barrier in the National Football League. Now, of course, you know guys like Lamar Jackson, and uh, you know they get those opportunities right away to play in the National Football League. Even even though some people still want to convert them to wide receivers and and or running backs, uh, like Denard Robinson who played at Michigan and ended up playing uh, running back for Jacksonville. But absolutely, Rourke's a, a special player, and he's got an outside chance to play in the National Football League down the road. Yeah, I asked Chris Morris about him last night, and, and Morris said he thinks he does just because he's so deadly accurate now when he worked out for the new york giants they worked him out a wide receiver so but again if he plays a full year in the cfl and puts up big numbers you, you, you wonder if they would if somebody would even if they give him a year i mean what ricky went down for a year um forced you know, in, yeah ricky went down for a year and was four string quarterback and held the clipboard yeah. for the jets yeah. I, I mean ricky's problem was so, i don't think he had Rourke's athleticism right like like to me Rourke can move a little bit too yeah, and it's just there's just the speed factor and the condensed size of the field. Like in my mind, there was a time in which the Canadian Football League was way more exciting than the NFL. But they opened up football in the states in both the NCAA and the NFL. They opened up the offenses and made it way more exciting. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, I it's a it's a mini quiz for Stoffer. I only did one okay. question because it's the summer where neither one of us are, are locked into the quiz for Stoffer. All right, so 1995 World Juniors, hosted by Red Deer. Canada played a game in Edmonton and a game in Calgary. Canada went 7-0 and to win the gold. Last year, there were no playoffs. It was just a round robin. Which two Canadian players tied for the tournament lead in scoring with 15 points apiece? Jason Allison and Eric Daze. Jason Allison is uh, correct. The uh, other one was not. 
Eric Dawsey, though that was a pretty good guess. Um, did, Dawsey, inter- did he have? Was he amongst the leading goal scorers in that tournament? Uh, let me just get it back here. Uh, where was he? Dawsey, uh Yeah, he had eight. Him and Alexander Korolek for Russia had eight, but Dawsey only had two assists. The other guy. Where did, sc- where did the guy play? NHL or junior? Which which do you want first? Give me he the junior Brand- first. He was he was a wheat king. He was Brandon. Was that uh, Marty Murray? It was absolutely Marty Murray. So him and Jason Ellison. Yeah. Uh, yeah, good. So Marty- actually, I, I, you ready for this? I actually yeah. did a Ched trivia contest. I was um, 95, 96. Was that? I think that was John's year. Uh, John Sexsmith. 95, 96. Yep, that was John's year. Uh, no, that was 94, 95. That was not John. John was on the, the Ched show in 95, 96, and then Sid came in in 96, 97. So I remember driving with John, and we, uh, I did a Ched trivia question. It had, I forget what it was about, but it was not about that 95 team. So I actually called in as a listener before I was a full-time sports guy, and I think I got one of the rare occasions I got one right. Well, you won a contest as a trivia contest. Yeah, you oh, won yeah, a trivia contest. Con- co- <laughs> That's awesome. I used to call in a John Short show all the time, like back in like '86, '87, in around there. Probably actually starting because John, John took over in about well, it was during the '83 playoffs that I recall John sort of taking the reins over. So I know I, I just remember one night, and I kid you not, he had Wayne Gretzky, Warren Moon, and Don Horwood on this, and I'm like, wow, that's a that's a pretty good show. I can't believe he got Don. That Horwood. would still be a good show in 2022. <laughs> Quick, friend. That would be a good. That would be a good. Well, we can get hold of Warren Moon. He's he's always available. Yeah, Actually, Warren you know Moon. What? We had Wayne on a couple of days. We've had, we've had some. You did. You had a good Wayne week. on as well. <laughs> yeah, we've we both had fun weeks for sure. Well, we could get Horwood on. Um, you know, Great he tells he's a masterful storyteller, and he he tends to uh, he tends to enjoy disagreeing with both of us. Though I think more with you, quite frankly. Well, Reed, I, very quickly, <laughs> there was a time he'd have the Christmas the staff Christmas party for all the coaches, and the whole night was geared around the eventual debate on sport between Horwood oh, and Stopper geez. with the other coaches. No basketball they, they related or anything, anything. No, no, as well. The, the guy knew sports, and he. I mean, to his credit, like he said, like you were the hardest working SID we ever had. There was, there was no question you cared more about our pro. Like he, you know, he goes, I just wish you did basketball play by play instead of hockey and football, right? And that's, and I'm like, Don, I'm not gonna, you know, not love the two sports I grew up loving. I've got a great appreciate. I still can't believe he won three national championships at the U of A in basketball when when Victoria and UBC got all the best kids back then. It was an amazing accomplishment. Yeah, well, yeah, I was uh, I was in the U of A for the 94-95 team, so I used to watch those teams quite a bit. Well, look, Don said you were the hardest-working SID of all time. I'm going to say you're the hardest-working SOB of all time, and I look forward to golfing with you tomorrow. <laughs> well, I'm the worst golfing SOB you're going to see tomorrow. So try we're going to have, have a good time. Make sure you read. Go pick up a bottle of Bailey's on the way home tonight, okay? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I got to work tomorrow after the round, man. I got to be responsible. Oh, come on. <laughs> You can have a you can have a Bailey's in the morning. All right, well, we'll see. Maybe one. Maybe one. Hey, Bob, it's so fun having you on, man. Thanks for hopping on tonight. All right, thanks for your time, Ray. Take care. Bob Stoffer, Oilers now noon to two every day here on uh, six thirty. Chad, time flies when Bob and I are talking. Back in a couple of minutes. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta's precedent-setting injury lawyers. 
Okay, good to have you tuning in tonight. Canada over Slovakia, 11-1 at the World Juniors. Mason McTavish lighting it up. He scored four times in that game. Uh, Montreal and Winnipeg, well, Montreal hanging in there for the uh, second week in a row, at least for the uh, start of the game. Winnipeg took over last week. We'll see what happens tonight. It is 7-7, the unbeaten Blue Bombers against the 2-6 and six Alouettes. Okay, so uh, tomorrow I will join you after a day of golf at the Lynx. We'll have more on the Elks and the Riders and I'm sure some other surprises as well. Thanks to Dave Campbell, the producer of Inside Sports, Chris Gardner, your studio producer. My name's Reed. Take care.